your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. Stop sneaking the bottle. <laughs> They're just a bunch of jackasses. Like, I don't. Just a bunch of jackasses! <laughs> Locked up on fucking green tea. So, just a just a forewarning for everyone listening on on today's episode, we got some doggos here, and uh, they'll be providing us with some background noise of heavy breathing, do- dog breathing. No, just and, heavy breathing. And um, <laughs> their tags clinging <laughs> and being needy. These are not our dogs. These are not a bunch of baby ducks dogs. These are his brother's dogs. I found them outside. But they're good doggos. Oh, stop. <laughs> I love you too. Gives, We're gonna dance. He gives hugs. No, he's dancing. <laughs> he's a bit of a kisser too. Old school romantic. <laughs> I think he still does this. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's a big baby. Oh, right in the dick. Right in the dick. Get off of me, you monster. I'm not helping. So, uh, today's episode is with a bunch of baby ducks and, and ducks. Duke and Holly. <laughs> the special guest doggos of today's episode. Uh, we haven't done a solo episode with you on the show, and I have a feeling that that's because uh, you're a pretty modest guy. You're a pretty humble guy. Uh, you gonna play that Kendrick Lamar song, right there? Humble. <laughs> no, I don't want to get copyrighted. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but you're also a very quiet and complacent individual from time to time. I'm glad that I could have you on a solo episode. It's been a while. Would you like me um, to scream and yell? Instead? Particularly not. <laughs> okay. No, unless it's a part of your character. No. But I don't. I don't think. I don't believe it is. Just quack. Um. So you tuned in to today's episode of Lots of Pasta. I'm here with a bunch of baby ducks, and uh, we're going to be reading some fun little ditties today because uh, I haven't read these with anyone else. Actually, that's a lie. I tried the original episode 16 before it was deleted. There was an episode with Franz McBoohoo that deleted itself after it was recorded. (laughs) The ghost episode. It It is our lost episode. Yes. It will and forever be lost, though. It's gone. No, it's gone. Yeah. It's absolutely lost. Unless I, like, backlog my computer and try to find a way to recover it. I, I, I doubt by this point. It won't even save This me. is episode 46. This is 30 episodes later. I doubt it's it's yeah. it's totally gone. I read two Not Hot But Spicy stories with Franz McBoohoo, and the first one was about ghosts, and the second one was about weird lights. And after reading both of them, pretty much his only response was... I don't know what the fuck is going on. Why are we reading these? And Good or bad, was, though? No, he... Okay. He was really high. Okay. I was coming down so, from a high. So it was great. I enjoyed them, I, but I but I knew what I was getting into. Did you see that new movie that comes tonight yet? No. I want to go see it, too. I want to see it, too. It's, there's, like... Instead, I saw him by me. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? I like Tom Cruise. I put, come on, Brendan Fraser. You can't top that. No, but they're trying to start this universe thing, and I can't help but like want it to succeed. Yeah. Johnny Depp as Invisible Man, 
Harvier Bardem as Frankenstein, and they're talking to The Rock, and they're talking to Angelina <laughs> Jolie to play people. Again, The Rock's in everything, though. And they're trying to do Creature from the Black Lagoon. That I'd be seeing. Phantom of the Opera, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Like, they're trying to do the original Universal Monsters, mm-hmm. and Mummy did so bad that everyone is just like, Nope. This probably isn't happening anymore. No. But I would love to watch a Johnny Depp Invisible yeah. Man movie. Anyway, uh, it's horror-related, so I mean, I guess it counts, but I did want to see yeah. It Comes at Night. And if I had gotten out of work earlier, I probably would have just walked into it after watching The Mummy, but I got out late. I no, just, I, I do want to see it, though. I, I think it got a lot of good reviews at I a bunch just, of like early film festivals. I think it played at Pandemic this year, and everyone said it was really good. Yeah, I just remember the red door from the trailer, and it didn't even have a title then. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, that's when I thought oh, you were talking this? about no. uh, Don't Blink Twice. Yeah, no, that's when I was like... The or Red Door movie. And don't you were knock like, what twice. The fuck Sorry, not not Doctor Who. Don't knock twice. Today's episode. I think we're just gonna read like an hour's worth of not hot but spicy. So sit down, relax. Ooh, like these doggos here, and uh, grab yourself a nice drink, and uh, get ready to get maybe spooked and a little bit of tamales. What for? Uh, spicy to get spicy yeah okay Ooh, you know summer weens in two days it's not hot but <laughs> bringing up summer ween again yeah i'm getting watermelons tonight and i'm carving <laughs> carving them for summer ween oh for all june this. 22nd summer ween just so you know is that Friday? i'll be giving out candy if anybody's going to be there Thursday? that is June 22nd, whatever day of the week that lands on. I think it's the 20th today. It's different every day. <laughs> it's a Thursday. Great. No one's gonna know. Yeah, I'll have like maybe one person knock at my door, which will be you. <laughs> because you and Mr. Skellybones are the only two people that know about it. Uh, yeah, but dis- he lives with me. Disco Dracula. He, he can knock at my door. He actually got the reference when you brought it up last yeah. week. It's good. He can come. He, he, I think he enjoys it more than I do, but I, I do enjoy it. I mean, obviously, uh, we're talking about Gravity Falls, uh, just so everyone knows. It's like the kids' version of X-Files and Lost if they had a baby. I Isn't that not, accurate? I have not watched Lost. I watched the first season. That was it so far. Never got past it. It's all on Netflix. It's a fun watch. I know. I need to. I gotta finish Sherlock and stuff first, though. Sherlock's good. They took... Netflix needs a category of things that they're taking off of, because I was like, I need, really to watch, do. I need to watch Troll Hunter, and it's fucking gone. I have it. I know you have it, but there's like a lot of stuff on there. I'm like, ah, this is in my queue, this is in my queue, I'm going to go watch this. Where then, the fuck did then, it go? And then the day that you're ready to watch it, you sit down and it's gone. Yep. I've been there a bunch of times. They've removed and put back like tons of different shows. Um, I guess it's like licensing and copyright. Oh, yeah, it's it, they basically lease their programs. Yeah, that's that's how they get them. So um, it's the big name companies like Disney where they just say, "Hey, let us have all this shit for X amount," and then they say, "Okay," and it happens. Um, it's the smaller ones that you're not so sure about and could be removed at any time. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's get spicy. Um, for the uninitiated, I was talking about this before we started recording. Not Hot But Spicy was probably a site I'm going to say was started or in development or already happening back in like 2004. So we're already going back like 12, 13 years because 
these episode like these stories they're not super relevant but i most compare them to reddit no sleep um it's an early form of thread uh, a lot of this stuff is written in thread there's not much else i could say about it some of them are narratives and some of them are just people telling weird stories about themselves there's the things they've witnessed some of them are real life witnesses and some of them are just fictional narratives do you ever have green text stories like 4chan yeah yeah, we've read a couple. I'd say uh, episode 28 begins with a green text, and episode 21 has a green text story in it. Uh, they're not quite that <laughs> no, <laughs> special. I know. I know. I'll say that much. But yeah, let's just hop right into this. Is there anything you want to say a bunch of baby ducks? Before we get in, he's gonna come for you. It's okay with me. So they don't have titles unless they have titles. And she's looking at my toes. So the writer, the writer of this specific story, Chuck Master, is called Chuck Master. That's not the title of the story. <laughs> this is not a gaggy moment. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Chuck Master Nine Thousand. Chuck Master, not up, but spicy three. No. uh... The when, sequel. When they had when they had titles, they'll be above the story, just either in bold or just separated. But uh, when there isn't one, it's probably just a user submitted thing. Yeah. So not. this one was written by Chuck Master. Yeah, not. And you could take it away. I don't like telling this one to people I know, since it either makes them afraid for my safety or sanity. But the goons here might find it interesting. I live in a duplex with a hardwood floor. It's not a very old house, but it creaks all the freaking time. It's two floors with a garage basement and an attic too low to stand up in. The weird thing about the attic is that you can only get into it from a closet through an access panel. Last year, I woke up to a loud noise. Now granted, in my neighborhood, people come home at 3 a.m. party, and to make things worse, I can hear my neighbor walking around since the house creaks. So it's usually a loud car door, a door slam, sometimes a domestic fight. The year before that, the other side was broken into, so I was on my guard. Now normally I've learned to tune myself out, since often I would get scared, search the house for a weapon, and then feel stupid and paranoid afterwards. Nevertheless, I keep a 45 inside the bed's two small sliding drawers. One side keeping the gun, and the other keeping the ammo. I don't load the gun unless I'm using it. Well, so I'm wide awake in my bed, I hear another bang. I turn on my reading light, and I walk over and turn my bedroom and hall light on. I peer over the stairs and just listen. I hear it again, but I'm having trouble pinpointing it. It's loud enough to cause me to concern. So I walk downstairs my boxers, check out the living room door, check out the kitchen door, everything's fine. I have the dishwasher in front of the kitchen door which blocks it from opening. Rather than pulling it away, I flicker the basement light on a few times, figuring that would freak out an intruder. I hear nothing. So as I walk back upstairs I hear it again but I attribute my neighbor to walking around again. So as I turn off all of my reading light, I hear it loud and clear. It's above me. I then hear slow footsteps moving about and some small shuffling. I wait for a moment while listening to it, making sure I'm hearing what I think I'm hearing. I grab my 45 from the head of my bed and push the clip in. I turn the light on and open the closet door and turn it on. The noise continues, but it seems startled now since the pacing of the footsteps increases. I push my clothes aside, and I proceed to tear away the empty boxes I place in front of the access door. I was meaning to put these in the attic, but I got lazy. 
My heart is racing. I'm half terrified and half hoping to catch the intruder before he gets away. I pull open the attic door and reach for the chain light. The light comes on and I hear footsteps and stumbling across the other side of the attic, opposite the small staircase. Now, there still isn't a lot of light in the attic with the naked bulb, so I reach outside the closet to grab a flashlight I had on a small dresser. I crawl onto the shelf that the boxes were on and shine the flashlight in the direction of the noises while keeping me safely hidden in the staircase. The noises continue as I blindly shine in on the far side of the attic, so I slowly crawl on the first step and rise to poke my head above the attic floor. See, what I was... what When he said he opened the closet and had to climb onto the shelf to open up the attic, I immediately thought of The Grudge. Mm. Won't watch it. You've never seen The Grudge? I don't want to. It's not that bad. I don't want to. I have the Riff Tracks version. It's funny. They make fun of the entire movie. Yeah, it's like what ABC's a death. <laughs> no, Riff Tracks. It's the it's the oh. uh, Mystery Science Theater guys. No, I I know that, but movie. that's like when we watched the ABC's a death. We kind of did that too. We were like, what the fuck is? Well, this? yeah, we did that. But ABC's a <laughs> death isn't isn't scary. I know. It's just fun. It's like supposed to be, but it's like in the grudge. Some of them are free. In the grudge, though, you open up the closet and you crawl up. And that's where the dead, the dead body of the mom was. Gotcha. Up there. Alright, so. just leaving it up there. Necromancing. Yeah. Yes. No, learn the difference, people. There's necromancing and there's necromancing. <laughs> necromancing. You have to get over that. My flashlight is signing on a white figure. It's skinny and lanky, and it's hunched over like an ape. It's a silver pack. At first, I'm thinking it's some crackhead that crawled on my roof and somehow found a way in the tiny attic, but couldn't figure out how to get out. So I yelled at the guy. You'll get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Ask him how he got in there. He just stares at me with these black eyes. I didn't know if he was naked or just wearing underwear. And at this point, I'm just pissed and disgusted. I put the flashlight down, figuring the light in his face may be scaring him more than I need to. After that, he still isn't moving or talking. So I yell at him again, telling me he needs to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it was right. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Well, the white figure stand up as much as he could in that little space and strikes a pose. That reminds me of a bull about the... Ch- I was like... <laughs> yeah, it was Vogue. Strikes a pub. Vogue. I can hear the joints creak as he shifts his weight. I chamber the gun and point just below his feet. I'm doing my best to breathe slowly and keep myself calm. I tell him he needs to sit down and tell me how he got in here and how he plans to get the hell out of here. Or I tell him I have my loaded forty-five on him and he better sit down. He starts making slow strides toward me. He takes about two steps each one creaking the floorboards, exaggerating each sound. I start to squeeze the trigger and I'm damning the slow trigger pull on the cheap browning knockoff. Gun talk. He takes the third step. He's halfway across the attic and I'm aiming at his legs. The gun finally goes off. Now there's a loud bang. The shell ejects, bounces off my face, slightly burning me. I'm a badass. And the attic fills with dust. The hearing goes away for a moment and I can smell the gunpowder. A moment later, dust starts to clear, but there's a white cloud where the figure was, and that clears away as well. At first I think I'm crazy or seeing things, but I'm alone in the attic and I just fired a gun in a residential neighborhood. I uncocked the gun and set it down, picked up the flashlight and checked every corner of the attic. I don't see a damn thing. I checked the small window above me, but it's intact. There seems to be no way in or out other than the stairwell I'm standing in, which had to clear crap out of the closet to get to. I walk over to where the white figure was standing. I look down and I see black footprints on the joe. What the hell are joists? 
I have no idea where the the people writing these are. Yeah. What their what their slang is. I trace my prints and see that they seem to have moved back and forth the attic several times. There are even prints on the stairs. I peer down one and poke it. They're made of some soft black mud and smell like shit. I look down at myself and I seem to have kneeled in it when I was on the stairs and didn't notice until now. So I leave the attic and head to the bathroom to clean it up. I'm still in disbelief of everything that just happened. Then the front door starts pounding. It's the police and they're pissed. My neighbor called when she heard the shot. I let them in and there are three of them. I tell them I saw an intruder shot at him and tell them where the gun is and how many rounds are still left. So they sit me down on the couch and two go check upstairs. This takes maybe 10 minutes. I can hear them muttering amongst themselves and they didn't sound happy. They come back down and start drilling me to go over my story several times. I mentioned the footprints and they said that they saw them, but if someone was in the attic, they're gone now. Then they start asking me if I've been drinking or on drugs or medication. I tell them no, that I'm drug tested at work weekly. So they have a powwow outside with one babysitting me inside. I can see a few neighbors trying to peek into the open front door from across the street. I'm tired, pissed, and embarrassed as all hell. I'm in my damn underwear with a tiny burn on my face and this shit smeared on my leg that's halfway washed off. So one surgeon comes in, gives me a speech about gun safety and how it could have hurt somebody and tells me they're going to call me, come into court, and issue a citation. They don't leave until I give them the trigger lock and put the gun inside its case closed. So I'm awake the rest of the night. In the morning I check the attic again. The footprints are still there but the wood has absorbed most of it. I look at the window again and wonder if there's any possible way anyone could have got through it. I take one last look and notice something in the corner. There is a skeleton of a rat or other small rodent. The head is crushed and the back legs are torn off. There are some tiny bits of rotted fur or flesh around it. I reluctantly clean it up. So a year later, the cops never called me back and I'm moving out of that place. You just shot a mouse. No, it's implying that someone was up there and ate a rodent to, to survive because they were probably not so crazy batshit. Yeah. Um, so this is where I, I bring up last podcast on the left. <clears throat> they do this thing, I think there's three or four of them on their like entire 270 episodes. They're, they're all called listener pastas. And it's a lot like this in the case that it's just regular everyday people telling stupid bullshit stories of scary shit that's happened to them. And one of them is legit about a guy, a convict, hiding in a family's attic for a couple weeks. Like Roger. Trying to get away from the cops. Yeah, like Roger. <laughs> I, I'm just hiding up here. I don't want to be found. I don't know. I pictured like a, like a white... Like, you know the soot sprites from... <laughs> you, you always bring them up. Yeah, I picture like one of those things, but like all white and like kind of freakier looking. It said it was a dude. Yeah, like shaped like a man. Like, a bunch of them form together to make a man. Okay. And he shoots it, and, like, it explodes, you know what mm, I mean? That's mm-hmm. how I pictured it. Mm. Kind of like the thing off that Weezer album. Yeah. Like, that furry thing. Like, it shoots it, and it just poof. And then you're like, oh, where'd it go? I don't know. It's gone. Yeah, it's weird how to try and bring up the, like, reality of this one. Because it, it's, it either implies that he shot a being entirely made of dust that had been living in the attic... Or he shot and kicked up a lot of dust, allowing the guy of an accurate escape. Yeah. Like Houdini. Um, like Houdini. Um, yeah, it could go a couple ways. But uh, I, thought it was, I still thought it was pretty cool. 
I, mean, I, I believe in ghosts, so it's okay. I mm, not all right. Not ghosts. I believe that there are beings that we can't comprehend. Totally. I believe in like X Files and shit. And, and I think that's we just call them ghosts because it's like a, it's English language easier, trying to figure out easier things. to understand. Yeah, like um, spiritually, I guess I do believe in a vague idea that there's a realm in between ours and the many others that sometimes grows like tenuous and things are shifted out of their polarity from from time to time i don't definitively believe in life after death i just do think that some deaths take a alternative course i guess You've seen that flowchart where, like, people turn in, into ghosts and stuff? No, I've never seen the flowchart where people turn into ghosts and stuff. Human life cycle. Baby. Child. Teenager. Adult. Has children. Old person. Either a ghost or a skeleton. <laughs> ghost mage, ghost rogue, or dire skeleton, or cool skeleton, or spectral spy, or ghost who is not totally sure of their identity and just needs to do some soul searching, or a skeleton boss, or two skeletons, or a ghost archmage, or post ghost, or toast ghost, ghost, ghost demigod, or reverse necromancer, actually just a really pale person. <laughs> God damn it. It's a flowchart. Just need to do some soul searching. But the thing, you're an old person, you're a ghost. And then you need to do some soul searching, and you become alive again if you follow. I mean, that I do. Chart. I believe. I believe the chart up into a point. Um, the point is definitely. The point is definitely death, and death either turns you into a skeleton or a ghost. And I do actually believe that. I, I believe that your energy. <laughs> okay, so this uh, this next one is from a writer called Mexican Deathgasm. I, uh, I kind of liked that movie. Not Mexican Deathgasm, but Deathgasm. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it yet. It's pretty funny. I need to see it. Just like zombie. Books. I believe I watched that with... Uh, I also watched that. <laughs> I believe I watched Deathgasm with Harold Heavyhands. And I watched Zombie Beavers, or Zombievers, with the next girlfriend. Harry Handjobs. <laughs> Not his name. <laughs> Not yet. Jimmy decided to take advantage of the last couple of weeks of summer break by taking his beat-up old Volvo and heading south. She didn't read the title. There is no title. He'd never taken a road trip before, and he was looking forward to being alone with his thoughts and <laughs> do some soul-searching. After a day or so of driving, he found himself lost on some back roads. He didn't care. He knew he'd come to civilization eventually, but that was when the deer darted out in front of his car. Sorry, he screamed as he tried to swerve around the stupid animal causing his car to fishtail and a tire to slip off the embankment, which caused his poor Volvo to flip onto its roof and then back onto its wheels in a spray of torn of bushes. Dazed, Jimmy crawled out of the wreck and staggered up the old country road, bleeding from some minor cuts and scrapes. Luckily, a little while later, a friendly older man in a pickup truck stopped and offered him a ride to the nearest hospital. Jimmy gratefully accepted, although he was rather put off by the little pistol the man carried in a holster on his hip. Jimmy hoped the RCMP didn't pull them over. After bidding a grateful goodbye to the old man, Jimmy entered the little hospital and approached reception. Jimmy explained about the accident and asked to see a doctor, and the nurse said, Do you have any insurance? 
With a slowly dawning horror, Jimmy realized he had accidentally entered the U.S. Fuck. <laughs> he backed away slowly from the nurse, eyeing her as if she were a wild animal, and ran from the hospital. He had to hide. Oh, God, there was gun-toting Americans everywhere. He dove into the bushes on the opposite side of the street, breathing heavily, but he noticed there was a thug gangster from the hood in the bush beside him. Give me a wallet or I'd break a cap. <laughs> Give me a wallet or I break a cap in your ass, said the thug gangster from the hood, which Jimmy apologetically did. The gangster cackled and ran off screaming about baby mamas. Jimmy then knew he only had hope of escaping this fascist hellhole. He took a toonie from his pocket and popped out the metal bit in the middle of the coin, said a tinny voice, and then played the national anthem with Jim, which Jimmy proudly sang along to. Within minutes, a Sea King helicopter flew overhead, and Mounties in bright red tactical suits dropped from the sky. Secure the area, but don't make eye contact with the locals, eh? yelled the prime Mountie, and they quickly found Jimmy and scooped him up under the waiting helicopter. On the flight home, Jimmy dozed in silent interior of the helicopter. He'd survive. Even though three or four Canadians who entered the U.S. died, he'd managed to get out alive. He said a prayer to Canadian Jesus and thanks and turned to the Mountie beside him to express his gratitude. The Mountie was already looking at him with wide eyes and an unsettling grin, and then the Mountie slowly reached up and peeled off his mask, revealing the snarling face of Barack Obama. Sweet, sweet socialist f Sweet socialist flesh. Sweet socialist flesh. Brock muttered as he reached for Jimmy's throat. Wow. I'm gonna take home this flesh to my wife. That was the end! <laughs> so apparently some people on Not Hot But Spicy have a sense of humor. I'm now seeing that that was a troll pasta <laughs> written by a Canadian. Which also leads me to believe that Not Hot But Spicy might also be Canadian. Maybe Ryan Reynolds wrote it. I don't think... I don't in I'm, his spare time. I'm gonna go ahead and I got say, nothing else to do. Time to doodle things. <laughs> doodly doodly do. So this uh this writer's uh username was Causality Jane. It's like the Mary Jane of causality. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's not the darkness in my room that frightens me. The unidentified sound floating up from somewhere deep in the house doesn't set my poor heart panicking. I'm not terrified as I try to notice my barely open closet door. It's the potential that gets me. It's what could be there. The more you think about it, the more likely every possibility becomes as the shadows thicken and every stray noise or movement forces you deeper into fear. The scariest part to me is that you'll never know what is there or isn't there until you have to look for yourself. Unless it comes looking for you, of course. The rumors about my good friend Liz's house took their dear sweet time reaching me. They were just whispers of things, ominous hints, and I brushed them aside fairly easily. Liz and I were close, so close that people even mistook us for sisters, and where there were any dark secrets about her house, I would have known. Like me, she was a storyteller, and storytellers don't hide that kind of thing. That is, unless they're serious. As luck would have it, I ended up spending an afternoon at Liz's house to work on some project for biology class. I had only ever been to her place once or twice before, which even at that time I considered strange for best friends like us, but to a kid like me who had spent a good part of her life in apartments and military housing, the place was a dream. At just under 50 years old with two stories, four bedrooms, and a massive basement area, and an equally huge backyard, the house was phenomenally beautiful. Sure it was a little too dark, but the weather was appropriately stormy. 
so that'll make any place a little bit more spoopy. Liz's 16th birthday was a few weeks away, and we got onto the topic of what the party would be like. She and I had a reputation of being little party animals, therefore we had to make this party as awesome as possible. I suggested using her massive basement, what with the pinball tables, TV, and stereo. No parties in the house. Ah yes, the parents. They could be pretty troublesome for us wild teens, but I told her not to worry. If we could conjure up a few promises of no drinking, no smooching, and the like, we could get into the art party. Heck, it was already figuring out what food to bring. It's not my parents. That's how I got her talking. It's just a precursor to the rest of the stories. Um, so, evidently, it seems that this Jane character uh, started the story by uh, convincing her friend to have a party, and then I think it made her friend open up about shit that had been going on, either in the area or at her house, that made her maybe rethink all of this. So continuing with Jane's story, this one's called TikTok. Four years ago, Liz and her family had moved from their smaller, older house across town to the current one. At first, no one sensed anything out of the ordinary. There were no creepy feelings, no moving shadows down the hallways, no nothing. Strangely, it was Liz's baby brother Sam who picked up on whatever was in the house long before anyone else did. Liz and her parents started noticing that as soon as they left Sam in his playroom, he would start talking to someone. Sam had made a friend. His friend's name was TikTok. Why TikTok was never really clear, but apparently he was a little shy. It took a few weeks for TikTok to feel comfortable talking to Sam in the other rooms of the house with other people present. They chalked it up to Sam playing with his first imaginary friend. You ever have an imaginary friend? Yeah, I don't remember. That's not so just like Bing Bong, they're dead. They're yeah. dead because of you. I know. Mm. He, she, it, it's a gone. Oh, I totally had one too, and it's totally fucking dead. I know. Sorry, Bing That's Bong. That's the worst part. You're like, I want to remember this. I can't. I had to no have been. No matter a, how much I. I had to have been as little as six, maybe earlier. So I don't blame her. I didn't. I was going to say, like, maybe I had been young enough to start drawing things, but I don't think we held on to a lot of my drawings from when I was, like, prior to the age of ten, so. They're probably imposters now. <laughs> that's, that's one way to think about it. Yes. <laughs> one afternoon, Liz was studying in their living room while <coughs> Sam played with some of his toys. He was chattering away to no one in particular, and Liz wasn't paying much attention to him. It was when he suddenly went silent that she looked up. Sam was standing in front of her, transfixed by something on the wall behind her. As she watched, his eyes followed the thing as it moved up the wall and along the ceiling. Of course, when she looked, there was nothing there, but he was so still and so amazed by whatever the hell it was that she felt shivers scurry down her spine. Sammy, what are you looking at? TikTok? Indeed. From that point on, TikTok was no longer a friend. Sam couldn't be left alone for five minutes without him screaming bloody murder. He stopped sleeping through the night, and her parents had to move him back into their room for a bit. His toys would turn on or off by themselves or go missing and turn up in the weirdest places. Furbies. <laughs> Fucking Furbies. Die. Die, die. <laughs> the Furbies that screamed, fuck. Sam and their cat, Jabberwocky, <laughs> continued to watch things move along the walls, sometimes in unison. Okay, so that was creepy. I'd admit to that, but it could also be explained. Sam was a little kid, and who knew what made them do the things they do? Some of the toys were hand-me-downs and could have been screwing up like old toys tend to after a while. Jabberwocky might be 
watching dust or whatever it is that fascinates cats. I guess so, but Jabber has had other things to worry about. The next story is called Jabberwocky and the Bandersnatch. This person evidently is a big fan of Lewis Carroll. So these 13 stories are all just one story? One narrative with yeah. loose links in between pieces. Yeah. Like slices of pizza. Also, TikTok made me think of uh, the clock dude from Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> so I just imagined him climbing on the ceiling. <laughs> and then... Boy, get down from there, you whippersnappers. <laughs> Bandersnatch was the name affectionately given to the critter that lurked around that little shed in the backyard. Tools would go missing, wood piles would be scattered every which way, friends and families alike would see small shadow curled up beneath the old elm tree or dart around the corner. Liz spoke of the Bandersnatch like a pesky family pet rather than possibly being an undead being, and it never sent out threatening vibes to any other family members, with the exception of poor Jabber. Jabberwocky hated the Bandersnatch, and the Bandersnatch hated Jabberwocky. They loved to torture each other. Liz's father was forever rushing out to break up extremely vocal cat fights, only to find Jabber hissing and spitting into the darkness. Jabber's new pastime was chasing some unseen thing around the shed, darting this way and that way before retreating to the safety of the porch. If Jabber ever chased anything with flesh and blood, it had some kind of camouflage because no one ever laid eyes on it. The only time the Bandersnatch really ever frightened Liz's family was after Jabber ended up on the receiving end of, of a minivan and had to spend some time at the vet for surgery. Right around sunset, a long howl, groan, moan could be heard for coming from the shed. Now I forgot to mention something, Liz's father always kept the shed locked, just in case. I don't know, the tool snatching aliens invaded? Nothing could have snuck into this ever, Jabber could find any suitable holes. In addition to that little fact, there was also an issue of the howl going on for a good 3-4 minutes straight and sounding, if anything like a large wildcat or possibly a crazy person. The pitch and volume varied, shifting erratically unlike the call of a frog or most animals in distress. This was just low and angry and feral. After it finished, Liz's father, armed with his hunting rifle, ventured out to unlock the shed and found it absolutely empty. To this day, they claim the Bandersnatch was calling for Jabberwocky angry that he wouldn't come out and play. So these stories were nice and all, but I failed to see what the big deal was. So her brother freaked out, so something had made a nest in the shed, so what? I demanded a real person as to why the party of the century should not be held real. in the perfect spot. I demanded a real reason. I demanded a real person. A real person, like the party person. <laughs> they should be. Hey. Was it party Pete? <laughs> I pressed her for more information on the house, and reluctantly she continued. I would get my answer alright. This was only the beginning. The rain had stopped this time, and I knew if it was going to get more out of Liz, I'd have to get her out of the house. I proposed to stroll around the block to stretch our legs and give me a chance to view the shed. She happily agreed. For the record, I was expecting some sort of ancient wooden monster, but the shed was actually very well kept, padlocked and sealed tight. No sightings of the Bandersnatch for me, unfortunately. As we strolled along, Liz became more emotional. It was as if she had been keeping all these stories bottled up inside her for the longest time and now they were bursting out. Up next were the upstairs bathroom and the mirror. Cue theme from Psycho. <laughs> I can't do the woman. 
<laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Well, we gotta go flush your toilet. <laughs> the master bedroom had its own master bath, but the other two bedrooms upstairs had a bathroom situated between them. Oh, hey guys. How's it going? <laughs> you were in the pool! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Where are they? Yeah, go back out there! No! Get. Uh, go! 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 <laughs> are they really? Go! They're wet! <laughs> go back up! Did you fall in? They're dunked. They're dunked in the pool. <laughs> the bathroom was terrible. Liz always felt like she was being watched in the shower. Ann Prince had a strange habit of appearing on the mirror for no reason. No, I will not show you. And she and her mother had been physically tripped while bathing her brother. Could they have slipped on the wet floor? No, apparently this was a hand shoving them face first into the tile. Shit. The lights also had a habit of turning off on their own at inopportune times, leaving whoever was unlucky enough to be in there in complete darkness. My mom used to do that. <laughs> in the shower, she dropped light. Like, fuck. I think she did that to me. <clears throat> yeah. Worst thing. <laughs> At one point, Liz was home alone, lounging in her room. She distinctly heard the sounds of running water, complete with the pipes and clinking and such. After a bit, the water turned off, and someone or something started splashing and messing around in the bathtub. Liz slowly got up and stepped out of the hallway. Mom? <clears throat> if only. The only response was more splashing, still audible in the hall. The bathroom door was cracked open and the light was on. With a display of more guts than I could have ever mustered, Liz crept up, reached out, and pushed the door open with her fingertips. As the door swung up, Liz got ready for a bolt at any moment. The bathtub was completely empty. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm definitely getting the vibe that this chick is just legit freaked out about her house. Yeah. I would say with with how the story began, I've definitely had similar kind of things happen here by myself with like shit creaking and shit moving. Yeah, I constantly like my cat's not the greatest thing in the world, but at least when I come home, there's a living being there. Yeah. So I don't feel so freaked out because I'm like, oh shit, what was that noise? I'm like, it's probably the cat. You know what I mean? I just don't second guess it. If I, oh like, yeah, me here alone every day, day in, day out. Yeah, I'd be a little scared. Even like at my brother's, I was like, well, at least I got these dogs here to make me not freaked out as much. Oh, we've talked about dogs and their like six senses before. Yeah. With like weird shit. Had to have been one of the first episodes, actually. Um, might be episode three. Uh, this next one's called Mirror, Mirror. Mira, mira, on the wall. Who's the dopest of them all? <laughs> I don't mean to take any glory away from the famous Taco Criminal's blood mirror. Wait, what? <laughs> Apparently, there's a user called Taco Criminal. Why don't I have? But that this, user? but this bad boy could very well have duped it out for supremacy. Were they ever given the chance? The monster hung in the hallway. It was old and had evidently been left by one of the former tenants, though no one would claim it. The damn thing actually had a few gauges in it, or if you could imagine, they could almost be scratch marks. But what would be powerful enough to beat that thing up like that is beyond the realm of my imagination. Still, mirrors have a habit of being spooky, right? No big deal. Have you ever actually looked at the glass? What? Well, no. Now that I think about it, I had never really looked into it. In fact, I found myself walking as far away from it as possible, 
my shoulder always brushing against the opposite wall. Apparently no one looked directly at the mirror, and it took them years to figure this out. When the bright idea of confronting the mirror ever popped into their heads, they suffered a full-blown panic attack, hyperventilation and everything. Everyone in her family had nightmares about shit coming out of that mirror, stuff I won't even go into because it'll give me nightmares. In fact, I'm blasting loud, upbeat, obnoxious music as I type this. The thing was evil. I apologize for my vagueness, but that's the only word I can think of to describe it. No one had the courage to take it down, and for all I know, when Judgment Day rolls around, it'll still be hanging there. Really, who knows what slinks around on the other side of the mirrors. Sure, it's just a little reflecting light, but tell that to all the stories and legends and whatnot. No, I never looked directly into that mirror, and you better believe I'm damn glad I didn't. I firmly believe I would have stared straight into hell. If memory is blurred or will blur anything about these events, it won't be this. The memory of the two of us standing there with the house looming before us like some kind of sleeping giant is burned into my mind. It was as if the house were challenging us, and I was about to make a witty comment when I realized Liz wasn't paying any attention to me. She looked smaller, you know, sort of sunk into herself. She was staring up at the highest window of her house, the one that reminded her of an angry black eye. It's the worst part. I don't know why, but it is. What she's talking about, uh, she was looking up at the house, and she was looking all the way up into the top window, and the top window is the attic, which is the next part of the story. I guess you'll have to take my word for it, but Liz's family was a rational bunch of people. They decided earlier on that they were going to stay in the house, both out of stubbornness and lack of money. They had filed the ghostly activity into two groups, creepy but generally harmless, TikTok and the Bandersnatch. And then there's nothing we can do about it, so why worry? This is Jeff Rocky and the Bandersnatch. <laughs> this is what they do to me when I'm trying to sleep. Oh man, on my head. Not smell. On my head. And there's nothing we can do about it, so why worry? The upstairs bathroom and the mirror. I like the categorization of different like threats. Yeah. As time passed, they got used to it, as most people do in these situations, and even started to joke about the oddities of the house. Then the attic started up. It began with pacing. Liz especially would hear something shuffling around at night, the ambling, wandering footsteps of something big. It usually traveled along a set path, but occasionally it would stop just above her head. On these occasions, she swore she could hear mumbling, though that could have all been in her head. After about a week of these sounds, Liz and her father gathered up the courage to go up and investigate. Their family only used the area closest to the trapdoor for storage, so the rest of the attic was bare except for a few remains that the other tenants had shoved near the little window. Incidentally, this is also the area where the shuffling took place. The closer they got to the window, the colder it got strange when everything else was baking during a pretty vicious heat wave, and they became more and more uneasy. Next to the window, they found piles of old junk, the most notable of which were a heavy locked trunk and an old rocking chair. Always a good sign. They found absolutely no evidence of vermin, and the thick layer of dust hadn't been disturbed in the least. After one more quick look at their surroundings, they quickly escaped down the stairs and securely shut the trapdoor behind them. For the sake of brevity, I'll sum up the attic like this. It started with shuffling, then scratching on the trapdoor, then wailing, and finally someone on the other side of the door would call out people's names and whisper. Her mother was so upset about the whole thing that she called their church to ask for help. I'm not sure that their preacher really believed them as they weren't really exactly regulars at church, and all he could suggest was to put up crosses in the house and read a few verses from the Bible. 
The crosses slowed down the activity, but apparently they had a habit of disappearing after a while. The spirits, whoever they, or whatever they were, were there to stay. You know that voice in the back of your mind that says, this is not a good idea? Well, I don't have that voice. I live to put myself in situations like this, and when I was younger, I was five times worse. I was going to live forever, right? Nothing could do me any serious harm. You know that one scene in horror movies? That one where you're in the audience thinking, walk away, just walk away right now. Yeah, this was that scene. It took me a while, but I finally got her to agree on a small sleepover to find proof that these ghosts existed. There was a story just begging to be told here, and I was going to grab it. I was stupid. Oh man, was I stupid. Sleepover! <laughs> sleepover! So now we come to the part you've all been waiting for. The slumber party! The slumber party! It took place after Liz's party. Movie and dinner party. Totally not as cool. And included Liz, myself, Katie, and Jessica. We were like the generic name squad. Here's what our amateur ghost hunting team brought to the house. Flashlights. You'll see what happens to those. Tape recorder. Batteries died and we had no more AAA. Nobody does. Junk food. I, I only have AAA. You I just, don't have AA. But you just use your phone for everything now. That's true. Junk food. Consumed to give us the strength to fight against these evil spirits. Caffeine. Did more harm than good. Keep reading, you'll understand. And a watch board. Ouija board. <laughs> no, because the Parker brothers are obviously the masters of the occult. Six. Gotta go to counter. Oh yeah, we were set. We chose Liz's room as our base camp, and spent a little time getting a tour of the place and playing in the basement. Liz's parents and brother were in the house as well, but they stayed out of our way, allowing us chill and do girly things. Obviously, they had no idea we were here solely for the point of the ghosts. If they had, we would have never been allowed to have the sleepover. Now you have to give me some credit. I said, no freaking way, to the Ouija idea. I don't like those things. I had never have, and even if I could, I could see that one busting out in the house was still bad news. Still, my friends pointed out that they were there to find ghosts, and I was stupid if I didn't go all the way. Even Liz was calling me chicken, so I finally gave up and joined in. We sat on the basement floor between the entertainment and the foosball table. See map I drew up. We need visuals. I removed all the pictures. From oh the man. We brought out the tape recorder and I pushed play promptly. Found out that the batteries were dead. We pointed figures and blamed stupidly, but after reading Incarna's thread, maybe it wasn't our fault. At any rate, we didn't have a spare set of AAAs, and asking Liz's parents would have been too risky. We decided to proceed without it. There was plenty of giggling and horsing around. We had Elvis make a guest appearance along with, Your mom! Nothing much came of it. But I can't help but feel like our insults and mockery started something up. We soon abandoned our divining for video games and Mountain Dew. Girls that drink Mountain Dew in video games? This doesn't sound like it a girl. It doesn't exist. The real fireworks weren't going to happen until much later that night. CJ, are you awake? No, go away. Come on, I have to pee. I don't want to go alone. I shot Katie. She's dead. <laughs> She's dead. Shot her a pretty evil look, too. But the truth was, I hadn't been sleeping too well. Bad dreams. And I really couldn't care about escorting her. I grabbed my trusty flashlight, and we crawled out of sleeping bags and made our way silently as possible into the hall. I don't really know how to say this, but the house had changed. The shadows seemed unnaturally thick, 
and things were almost too silent, as if the sound were being muffled by some invisible barrier. I, my pitiful flashlight, just didn't seem to want to penetrate the shadows. Katie was so spooked that I had to argue against standing in the bathroom with her. In the end, she left the door cracked and I stood on the side farthest away from the mirror and the trap door. Things were going fine until my flashlight died. I started to shiver as the temperature dropped and that's when I heard it. Footsteps, not coming from the hallway, these were shuffling steps moving from directly over my head to the trap door. The shadows at the end of the hallway seemed to deepen and I decided to keep my eyes locked on the space directly in front of me. Next came the scratching. When animals scratch, the sound is usually light and fast. This was heavy and slow, obviously the nails of something on wood. It repeated a few times before I told Katie to hurry the hell up and get out. I'm coming, will you chill out already? Easy for her to say, she wasn't the one out here with the demon in the attic. It was at this point that time seemed to slow down and I heard the sound that still haunts my dreams to this day. Psst. Oh no. No, 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 no. That was not coming from the attic. Psst. Hey, come here. This was some sick joke. It had to be. Ghosts don't talk to people, especially not me. Look, just open the door. Come on, please, please, please. Fat chance, buddy. I know you're singing a song in my head hoping to get the voice go away. I know you're there. Open this door right now before I come down there and tear your fucking head off. I don't know what the voice was. It could have been a joke, I guess. But it was a really, really sick one. I don't know if any have ever had the pleasure of being near someone who is truly unstable. But there is a certain twinge in their voices when they get really off their rockers. This voice had a feral twinge. And something that is like really hard to fake well. Well, I don't <laughs> This voice had a feral twinge and something like that is really hard to fake well. Hell, I was fooled. I heard the blessed sound of the toilet flushing and Kate came walking out of the bathroom. She saw my face and asked what was wrong. I told her to listen, that something was in the attic. We waited a few seconds, but before she could call me a liar, we heard a muffled bumping noise. In all my paranoia, I was sure the attic door began pounding in. That's not the attic. That's the mirror. Nice. She was right. From where we were, we could just barely make out the mirror bumping against the wall. To say that we ran out of there is an understatement of the century. We shot down those stairs so fast we nearly broke our legs. We only had a few moments to stand in the foyer and wonder what to do next before we heard the growling and moaning coming from down the hall. The playroom. The sounds were coming from the playroom. Determined to face whatever was tormenting us, I made my way to the end of the hall with Katie close behind me. We clutched each other's hands and opened the door, preparing to come face to face with howling demons infesting our friend's home. It was Jabberwocky, pacing in front of the door. I'm completely against the harming of animals, but I swear I wanted to kill that stupid cat. I told Katie he probably wanted to be let out and nearly dragged her into the room. I think I was a little too optimistic. Jabber's fur was standing on end and his ears were flat against his head. He was pretty worked up and I decided whether or not I should get any closer to him when the door behind us shut. I asked Katie why she shut it and of course she hadn't. Jabber made himself as small as possible and he crouched against the door, his pupils nearly engulfing the rest of his eyes. Everything went completely still and I think I actually held my breath. Then things went batshit crazy. Every single toy in that room turned on by itself. Teddy What's-His-Face, Tickle Me What's-His-Face, The Robot What's-His-Face, all of them were yelling and yammering away. 
The little TV you used to play kitty videos turned on full blast and started to, hell, I didn't really know how to say it, manually fast forward through whatever tape it was in, I think 101 Dalmatians. Katie and I did what any red-blooded American girl would do in that situation like this. We screamed bloody murder and sprang for the door. I swear I almost had a heart attack when I refused to open, but thankfully Katie had a sense to turn the lock and set us free. We sort of collapsed in the backyard and started bawling for no reason. Nearly peed ourselves. <laughs> just, we sat there clutching each other just as the dew soaked our PJs, trembling and sobbing. I like to imagine that even back then, when I was not that big of a baby, it always taken a lot to make me shed a tear, and even something like that was not going to send me to hysterics. I felt I was suddenly overcome with anger and terror and immense sorrow. Let me put it this way, next time I would cry like that in front of my friend would be a few years later in Katie's hospital room after she just lost the fight to viral meningitis. Mm. So sad. We've lost a friend to meningitis. How long has it been now? Five or six years. Six years. Five, five years and some change. Right after she was accepted into LSU on an athletic scholarship too. Life's a bitch, you know what I mean? Still, even in our pitiful state, we shared much better than our other members of the ghost hunting team. Now, at that time, I thought our screams had just been incredibly loud. She was a swimmer and I had been taking voice lessons for about two years, so we had some lungs on us. This, however, was not the case. Our scream sounded loud to me because at that point, Liz, Jess, and Sam all woke up screaming in unison. Jess was so upset that she bolted for the bathroom and vomited. I'm not talking about a little dry heaving either. Apparently, this was that kind of soul-purging puking that makes you wonder when the last time you had Chinese food. And I can attest to this, I was also covered in scratches. Jabba was downstairs with us. The family had no other pets. If she inflicted those wounds on herself, what would make her do such a thing? Jess never told us. The most Liz's parents and later her own family could get out of her was something about a nightmare and not feeling very well. It was Liz during one of our last conversations together who finally told me. I can't explain it, but this part is always hard for me to tell. And what with that whole rule against drunk posting, the going is going to be rough from here on out. You'll have to forgive me if the writing goes to shit. Liz had been through nightmares about the mirror before, but nothing like this. In her dream, she saw the mirror. She said it began to jump, much like it had before we made a run for it. Apparently, a man had spider walked out of the mirror. She said his arms and legs were bent all the wrong angles, and he moved fast and jerky like in the movies when they messed with the film speed. He came into her room, got onto her bed, pinned her down, and started laughing like a maniac. As he laughed, he transformed into something that she refused to describe, but I suspect was pretty damn disturbing. Whatever it was, it had a mouthful of sharp teeth, and she woke up just before it could use them. She was shaking as she told me that she actually said, I don't know what to do, Jess. As she wiped the tears from her eyes, and if I'm making this up, someone better refund me about a month's worth of sleepless nights, I thought I saw bruises on her wrists. It was at this point I decided, if you'll pardon my friend, she'll never go back into that fucking house ever again. So that's the story. What happened to us afterwards? Well, rumors say that Jess became an insomniac and started taking medication after her sleep deprivation pushed her to a nervous breakdown. I can neither confirm nor deny that as she never looked any of us in the face again. Katie and I stayed friends long after this happened, but I told you about her earlier. Like I said, Liz and I had a falling out after this, I think because she and her parents blamed me for what happened that night. With good reason, I guess. I honestly hope they moved out of that house because whatever was in there and was not going to stop. 
As for me, I moved for the last time at the end of the summer. After all this time, you'd think curiosity might get the better of me. You'd think while visiting friends and relatives in that area, I might go look up that house, drive by a few times, maybe even ring the doorbell and ask if the current family happens to possess a certain antique mirror. However, there are some things even the wildest internet cowgirl won't do. Sometimes it's just better to let things rest in peace. R.I.P. That's pretty nuts. Shout out Adam West. Living in a haunted house, I feel like has... I could relate to a couple of things going on in that in that girl's stories. Your house ain't haunted. Oh, my house is definitely it's haunted. It's just spooky. Okay. I agree with you. My house might not be haunted, but it is spooky. My old apartment, I could swear that like there was constantly something in my doorway. Hmm. Um, and not just me. Like, like to your bedroom? Uh, bedroom, bathroom. Usually yeah. it was like at the bathroom. But not just me, the cat would stare at it. Like, she would constantly stare at it and jump at the wall. And there wasn't shadows or, like, light or anything there. She's just literally jumping at nothing. Like, every time I ever checked, there's never anything there. So I never, like, got it. Um, I've seen shadowy shit yeah. walking around here before. I mean, it's mostly just light refracting off of things. And, and there, was, there was no light, though. Yeah. But I remember being a kid, and I was like, oh, shit, there's something in the hallway. Go under the blankets. That'll save me. Like they're oh, like, yeah. Like I they're I made of work. iron or something. I still like work with that with that <laughs> tactic from time yeah. to time. And the best part is you have to, like, curl the blanket so your feet keep it in. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, you yeah. have to tuck. No, you have you to. Tuck you yourself. have to genuinely tuck yourself. Or else you're like, I'm fucking dead. I am free to be <laughs> grabbed. The thing is, is like I can't sleep unless my feet are appropriately temperatured, and that usually means sticking them out. So it's like a, it's well, a risk I'm well, willing hey, to take. Yeah, you're gonna just get drug right under the bed. Yeah, <laughs> right by your. What feet. did you think of uh, not hot and spicy? It's it's alright so far. It's weird. It's weird, kind of stumbling haphazardly onto what was probably the first form of creepy pasta before creepy pasta was creepy pasta. Yeah, the only thing that I'm. I'm waiting for there to be, like, a turn of, like, unexpected. Well, they're all different. Yeah. They're absolutely all different. And I don't think... I don't think that's not going to happen. Like, I, I... I remember reading something as simple as, like, these people were being followed in the woods by something. And, yeah. like, they never explain it, but it's just weird. Yeah. Um, but we've been mostly talking about uh, ghosts, weird houses, and Canadians. So, there's that. Canadians are ghosts too. Sorry, I, I've, I've been trying to cool it with the troll pasta for a while because we haven't gotten many um, nice things said about them. <laughs> you got one um, in there. By so accident. I apologize for the not hot but spicy pasta, troll pasta that, that crept in there without my acknowledging it. Um, we don't proof these before we read them. That's a fun fact for all listeners. We don't proof any material before we read it. Unless I researched it, which is like... Episodes 34, 35, 50, and 51. Just killers, underman, and stuff like that. No, no, no. Research, like, research, I mean, like... Oh, uh, like the ones you read with. The, the ones that are more about the facts. Django. Django. <laughs> the more, the ones that are more based off of fact than they are about fiction. Gotcha. How did you feel about this episode, Bunch of Baby Dubs? Quack. It's good to hear. Quack, quack, quack. Anything you'd like to add? Quack. Naturally. 
No, it's good. Like the ones that I know that I've listened to before that were like the one house where like they just kept opening doors and it was like the same fucking room. Like that stuff gets to me more than like that stuff because that's like almost not like you're numb to it, but it's almost cliched at the point where you're like, that's why I'm like, they have tropes. Yeah. And I'm waiting for there to be like that little bit of different to it. Like one search and rescue introduces something like stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are really good. I yeah, they don't. Um, I don't even expect them to be good, and I'm like, oh, what the hell happened? There's a dead baby. No, there's not. Yeah, uh, I have a feeling we'll get to some of those with this, seeing as how we've already kind of felt a spectrum today yeah. in this episode. I'd say the first story was like a creepy pasta, the second story was a troll pasta, and the final story was like a Reddit no sleep thread. Yeah, like the banging on the mirror and stuff like that, and like all that coming out of it. Like I didn't mind the first story with like the white soot sprite guy. That's just because you're thinking of it as a white sense sprite. But right? I. But the thing is, I can picture that more. This. Yeah. I'm, this I'm picturing like Scream Queens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like Scream Queens. No, Scream Queens is amazing. <laughs> I'm not putting it down at all. I'm just like that's what I'm like picturing. Yeah. Like a bunch of stupid, dumb blonde girls. Like, oh my god, ghosts! And then there's actually ghosts. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So this is uh, Captain Death episode forty six taking us out. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the doggos. A lot of jangling. <laughs> A lot of jangles. The jangling. <laughs>